Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit, Shabbat sharing, caring, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit on your community radio, 91.1 FM. My name is Tree Song. I believe we have a guest with us on the radio. Can you hear us, Or? I can. Good day. Good day, and we can hear you too. I just made it through security at the airport, and I'm flying out to California. It took me a little while to get through security, not because there was a line, but they had to run my red beans and rice through the scanner again to double-check it wasn't a bomb. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So my, I, I made some jambalaya for lunch, and so... They <laughs> <laughs> um, so took it out of my bag and ran it through again, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way out to uh, Sacramento for the Solar Pioneer Party, and when I first got invited last year... I was just like, I don't really know if I should go. It's a private invitation, and it's all the people who started the solar industry. Yeah. But they told me that I was a solar pioneer because, well, I started 20 years ago doing it when nobody else was doing it in the Midwest. So I have finally accepted that that can be my title. <laughs> yeah, the Midwestern Solar Pioneer. And that, that is a big deal, too, actually, because oftentimes there's something that's caught on in one place, but then it doesn't really get big until it starts to catch on everywhere. So being a pioneer in the Midwest for solar is, is in fact, a form of bringing solar to the rest of the world. Yeah, and I get to go hang out with all my heroes, all the people who inspired me, who started, you know, 10, 15 years before I did. Mm, yeah. So, I'm, I'm excited. I never thought I would fly somewhere to go to a party. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like a very good one to be at. Yeah. So. Anything good in the news? Well, probably eventually. This first one's a bit of a donner. But we, <laughs> we, we, we do a start good job of having that. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we want to start with the difficult stuff and then start with what you can actually do later, so we leave you on a happier note. So the UN says that global agriculture needs a profound transformation to fight climate change and protect food security. Climate change has already begun to affect the world's food production, a new report from the United Nations warns. And unless significant action is taken, it could put millions more people at risk of hunger and poverty in the next few decades. It's a message that's been emphasized over and over by climate scientists and has informed many of the UN's sustainable development goals and positions on global food security. But this is the first time it's been the primary focus of the UN Food and Agriculture Organization's annual State of Food and Agriculture Report. I mean, it it makes sense that a food and agriculture organization would finally get around to having the food effects of climate change be on their agenda. Some of the other it's subjects. It's not like it's a simple report. It's 194 pages. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like yeah. your uh, five-page book report that you did for uh, junior high. <laughs> this is a 194-page report, just released on Monday. It's a testament to the growing alarm among scientists and policymakers 
over the dire threat climate change poses to future, future food security. Well, we can actually just talk to any of the local farmers in southern Illinois, you know, about things they've grown for 20 years and now they can't grow anymore because of the erratic weather. Yeah. That's anecdotal, but it's right here in our backyard. Yeah, and then you do studies like this and it's, it turns it into a you know, full-fledged 194-page report. <laughs> so they, uh, they're, just, they're concerned about a vicious cycle in which unsustainable farming practices contribute hefty greenhouse gas emissions to the atmosphere and drive more warming, which can then continue to hurt global crop production. So, you know, as people, as there's less food and people start to panic, they'll do whatever form of farming they can, even if it's not ecologically sustainable, and then it can be one of those feedback cycles. Under a severe climate change scenario, the report points out, research suggests that 122 million more people could be living in extreme poverty by the year 2030. How many? 122 million. And that's as soon as 2030. And that's compared to a future with no climate change. Now, there are, there are anti-poverty efforts going on to try to make there be less people in poverty in general, but this is going to slow down and reverse some of that, you know. Just at a time when people in the world are starting to agree, oh, let's try to feed everyone, you know, then climate change is coming along and turning it all upside down. And that 2030, years like 2030 are really starting to catch my attention now that I have a daughter because, you know, 2030, she'll be 14 years old. She won't even be a full grown-up yet. And there'll be 122 million more people in poverty. Even the low-impact scenario, um, this number could be as high as 35 million. So here's a quote, hunger, poverty, and climate change need to be tackled together, said Food and Agriculture Organization Director General Jose Graziano da Silva in a foreword to the new report. Quote, this is not at least, uh, this is, this is not le least a moral imperative as those who are now suffering most have contributed the least to climate change. That's why all this idea of climate justice came about is you have these wealthier industrialized nations that have put out a bunch of pollution and then the people who are most likely to suffer are the people in, uh, in developing nations who didn't really cause the problem to begin with. And we in you know, the first world country don't really talk about it. Yeah. The debates are over and no one asks about climate change. So the campaign finance reform gun violence, poverty, education, to LGBTQ rights. Lots of important subjects were ignored by corporate media, debate moderators in the presidential and the vice presidential debate. All these topics are urgent and deserve a spotlight on the national stage. But one topic stands out as a non-factor. Climate change. Climate change. Or more accurately, climate disruption is the greatest essential threat of our time. It threatens the economy, national security, health, exacerbates poverty and racism, and threatens to undermine or compound virtually all other issues discussed on the stage. Scientists say that burning the oil, coal, and gas in currently operating fields would warm the earth by more than two degrees Celsius. Considered 
probably optimistically to be the limit of catastrophic change. This means that to avoid global disaster, the only appropriate response is to conduct no more further digging or drilling at all. I'm depressing myself just reading this. Yeah. To transition to a post-fossil fuel future is a momental endeavor with lots of pieces we need to talk about. Elite media's evident notion that they can whistle past it, as thousands of people put their lives on the line in standing rock, is the height of irresponsibility. Despite this, and despite the fact that the world has endured 16 consecutive months of retrograde heat, not one of the debate moderators saw fit to ask about it in any of the 2015 general election debates. Making this emission even worse in 2012, there were also zero questions about climate change. In over eight years of presidential debates and four in over eight hours of presidential debates spanning four years, there have been only four utterances of the term climate change on the most important political stage, all by Hillary Clinton, all in passing, all entirely unsolicited. Yeah. See, that's part of what gets me about this is, you know, it's one thing if different candidates have different opinions on the subject, but for them to just not speak about something that affects so many lives, especially so many of the other issues they talk about, you know, they talk about defense, they talk about the economy, they talk about those things, and then this huge factor that's going to affect all of it, they're just like, oops, we forgot to talk about that again. I mean, some people have this feeling that it's too big to deal with and talk about. Yeah. And, I mean, in the past, we have tackled things that were as big, we, you know, Closed the hole in the ozone layer. That was a world issue. Yeah. We had world wars. Those were world issues. People step up. So why don't we talk about it? Yeah, maybe people think if they don't talk about it, it'll go away. <laughs> that doesn't seem to be happening, though. All right, here's an interesting story about one legal response people are taking. Norway faces climate lawsuit over Arctic oil exploration plans. A lawsuit has been filed against the Norwegian government over a decade... The Norwegian government? Yeah. We've been hearing these positive green things about the Norwegian government. This one, not so much. <laughs> so they decided to open up the Barents Sea for oil exploration, which campaigners say violates the country's constitution and threatens the Paris Climate Agreement. Cases being brought by an alliance including Greenpeace, indigenous activists, youth groups, and the former director of NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies, James Hansen. Norway is seen internationally as a green role model by many for its pledge of climate neutrality by 2030, its reliance on hydropower, and its ambitious plans for electric cars. But conservative Prime Minister Erna Solberg could not be forced to appear before an Oslo city court on charges of violating Article 112 of the, con the country's constitution, which guarantees every citizen's right to a healthy, diverse, and productive environment. Now, wait a minute. Does our constitution have any rights like that? <laughs> we get a healthy, productive environment? Uh, maybe that's an amendment that's going to come up someday. So, Truls Golosin, director of Greenpeace Norway, said, 
Signing an international climate agreement while throwing open the door to Arctic oil drilling is a dangerous act of hypocrisy. I wonder what other countries are doing that. <laughs> By allowing oil companies to drill in the Arctic, Norway, Norway risks, risks excuse me, undermining the global efforts to address climate change. That's part of the irony of it is they're doing all of these domestic measures to have their own direct impact be much lighter. But then they're opening up the sea for other people to do a bunch of drilling and burning. In Illinois, new rules expected to make solar faster and cheaper. Illinois lawmakers have adopted new interconnection standards that will make solar siting and installation process significantly quicker and cheaper, clean energy advocates and utilities say. The Illinois state standards adopted October 11th are based on a rule establishing best practices that the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission adopted in late 2013. The standards are being held up in other states, which are currently going through interconnection rulemaking process. Basically, interconnection is the process to making sure you know, a new solar installation won't cause problems on the grid. In some states where large amounts of solar power were added to the grid quickly, including Hawaii, California, Massachusetts, backlogged in the interconnection process caused headaches for utilities, developers, and customers for solar. Now, anecdotally, on my side, I can install a solar system in two or three days but then it could take two or three weeks to do the paperwork and, and get the utility out there to test and inspect and turn the system off. Each system we do, that seems to get shorter, but um, part of it is all the paperwork that's required, and part of it is you're not allowed to file anything until you do the work. So it's not like you can file the paperwork ahead. There's just like a certain process. The concentration of solar energy is still relatively low in Illinois, and solar advocates say that it is important that Illinois has adopted forward thinking interconnection standards so that it will be as ready solar advocates hope. Increasing amounts of solar are proposed. So now um I don't know if you read the little teeny article in the Carbondale Times, but the first time I heard about this was in the Carbondale Times. Oh, yeah. I missed There's that one, a big actually. big solar project <laughs> that is supposed to be going in on one of the middle schools. Um, the thing that I'm unsure of it is why would, you know, I... One of the leading solar installers, or the only local solar installer, first time hear about it is in the paper. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I will want to question how it was put out for bid and why a company that's not even an, a brand new company I've never heard of, being the you know the contractor put it in. So. And I hope I'll get a chance to utilize it as an educational thing like I'm doing in November with the seven school systems I'm putting in in Johnson City, 
Diana and Heron. Yeah, that educational component's great too because then, uh, you know, people at the schools and people in the whole community learn more about solar. Yep. Turn Carbondale into Solar Dale. <laughs> yeah, Solar Dale. Turn Southern Illinois into Solar Illinois. <laughs> solar Illinois. All right, so let's see what we've got going on here with these holidays. Uh, Bedelia has been celebrating this one a little early, Babbling Day. That's <laughs> one of the holidays. You might have heard her off and on talking in the background. It's it's happy talking, but there, there she goes. It's celebration of babbling day. All right, we also have National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. <laughs> that sounds like a... I don't know if I've ever had a pumpkin cheesecake, actually. I may have to get on that. Oh, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, if you like pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> The fourth Saturday of the month is Make a Difference Day. This is the first time I've heard of it, so we need to hop on that every month, huh? Yeah. Or it's just the fourth Saturday of this month. Might just be fourth Saturday of October, but either way, it doesn't hurt to do it every fourth Saturday. <laughs> Let's see. Sunday is Mother-in-Law Day, National Mole Day, and TV Talk Show Host Day. Coming up, we've got United Nations Day, Punk for a Day Day, World Pasta Day, and National Tell a Story Day. All right, so October is Adopt a Shelter Dog Month. There's a lot of different things happening in October. Uh, National Vegetarian Month. Yeah, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, uh, National Pizza Month. That's a very important one. And sarcastic month. I would never be sarcastic, you know. I will never <laughs> celebrate this month. <laughs> In happenings, now through J November 22nd, donations for Standing Rock. Southern Illinois stands with Standing Rock. is currently holding a donation drive. Anyone who can donate supplies to the resistance camps may drop off their goods off during open hours of Guy House. And they're sent to the Center for Sub Subsistence Research. All right, also coming up, we have the Dimaxion Days. That's coming up today from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. over at the Dome Home, 407 South Forest. You are invited to visit the Buckminster Fuller Dome Home and take a ride in the Dimaxion car. Now, this is, I did this last year, I believe it was. It was, it's quite a fun trip. You just do a little ride around the block, but it's such an interesting car. It's, it's got this shape that's Buckminster Fuller designed and, it's like an egg, right? Yeah, it looks kind of like I don't he know, like a it back in the '30s. Yeah, like a cigar or a torpedo. I don't, I don't know exactly what that shape is called. It's got a specific name, I'm sure, but it's the Dimaxion car, and uh, it's quite a fun ride. It's also a good chance That's to just today from one to five p.m. Yeah, one to five p.m. at the Dome Home, and just a good chance to stop by the Dome Home too, and see what's going on over there. And that's at 407 South Forest. Haunted Carbondale Walking Tour, Fridays and Saturdays, now through Halloween, at Castle's Perilous Games and Books at 207 West May. Hmm. Hear stories of the haunts of the Hunley House, which, just to let you know, the Hunley House, the haunted house is for sale, I saw that. Yeah. 
the Ring House and the Spirited Suits, S-I-U-Suits. Half of the proceeds go to benefit the Humane Society of Southern Illinois. Expensive walking, but it is wheelchair accessible. All of the tour will be outside, so of course, just for the weather. Every Friday and Saturday through Halloween, except for October 29th. I went on that tour, actually, last weekend. It was pretty fun. You get to learn more about a few different history events here in Carbondale and some of the spooky stories people have heard about them. And, you know, I was, I've was i heard occasionally about ghosts, but it was surprising to hear the whole collection of all the different local folklore about local ghosts. It's always fun to learn stuff about them. Yeah. Also coming up, we have the movie and pizza party coming up tonight at 7 p.m. at Gaia House. Now, they're doing it a little differently this month. They usually vote beforehand to decide what movie to watch. But this time, people are just bringing what movies they have, and then they're going to vote when they get there. So it's at 7 p.m. at Guy House. That's a pretty fun time. Continuing the conversation every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Every week, a group of community members meet on Tuesday night. We're continuing the conversation. Purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's life story. As we listen to each other, we will be building a community that strengthens our understanding and compassion for one another. Please join on the SAU campus at the Newman Center, Tuesdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Also coming up on Wednesday, one of the last chances for this this season, uh, the Downtown Community Farmers Market is on Wednesday. 3 to 6 p.m. at downtown Carbondale on the 200 block of Washington Street, right outside the radio station here. That's really convenient for uh, the DJs who can just step outside and get some some fresh local veggies. And everyone else can come on down to that side of town. 3 to 6 on Wednesdays, 200 block of Washington. And I have to make sure I get there because I need to pick up uh, my ginger and turmeric, so I'll have some to make it for part of the winter because I just absolutely love fresh ginger and tuna. Yeah, those will keep you warm during the winter. <laughs> yeah. Illinois Initiative Meetup, Wednesday, October 26th at 6 p.m. at Sky House. The Illinois Initiative is a group of people like you who care about our community and our world. They're working, they're looking for ways to make things better, working together to make it happen. The main topic will be the new safe zone and safe walk program. But there will also be updates on other local projects that the Illinois Initiative members are involved in. So what is the safe zone and safe walk? Yeah, the safe zone and safe walk, it's this new program we're trying to start where um, people who are, you know, on Friday and Saturday nights, there's a lot going on in the nightlife in town. And... It's a way for providing a place where people can stop on their way home if they feel unsafe or if they just need a drink of water or the restroom or, or, you know, they need to wait for a ride. And the safe walk would be a pool of volunteers. So if you want someone to walk home with you, um, they'd be able to help you with that. And there'd be training, you know, training in uh, how to do that and uh, how to do it well. And we're trying to get it off the ground, but it needs volunteers who are interested in doing that. It's something that we've heard a lot of people in Carbondale talking about. You know, oh, we want to be sure people make it home safely from the bars or the, the houses that they're visiting. The safe zone and safe walk is trying to do that. 
So you can visit IllinoisInitiative.org for more info on that, or it's on Wednesday at 6 p.m. at Guy House. All right, so also coming up, we have the flower arranging with wildflowers. It's coming up on uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m., 216 East Monroe Street. Presenter Courtney Smith worked as an artist at Attitude Designs and served as an owner services coordinator at Neighborhood Co-op before retiring to become a full-time farmer. She's the proprietor of Florida Farms. Her arrangements are beautiful, creative, and unique. This is a program that's free and open to the public. Um, it's sponsored by the Tupelo Chapter of Wild Ones Native Landscapers. Wednesday at 7 p.m., 216 East Monroe. The Scent Costume Halloween Party. Next Friday, October 28th at 6, it's 6.03 p.m. <laughs> That's very specific. I wonder if yeah. there's a story behind that or if it's a typo. We may find out when we go there. So mark your calendar for next Friday. Um, yeah, and that's at the Guy House next Friday. And then we'll also talk more about there's an event um, next Saturday, uh, beginning of a series of events, educational events about solar and the smart grid, and it's part of a solar bolt by initiative. Um, the Facebook page is Go Solar Southern Illinois, and there'll be more information there. And six series of events with uh, Johnny Logan learning about solar and, well, getting some. Well, that's exciting. And here's another and one to just mark your calendar you for. forget the ribbon cutting at DBX next Wednesday. Oh, yeah, the ribbon cutting. Is that one that you scheduled it for next Wednesday? Yep, next Wednesday at 11 o'clock. It was supposed to be yesterday, but um, it kind of decided to rain. Yeah, it got got rained out, so it's next Wednesday. Maybe that means I can still make it then. (laughs) And you can mark your calendars for, we'll talk about this more later, the Margie Parker Teaching for for Peace. Medea Benjamin is coming. On Thursday, November 3rd at 7 p.m., SIU School of Law Auditorium. I love how much stuff happens in our town. Yeah, it's a happening town. I'll try to bring some sunshine back from California. All right. Well, have a good time out there. And All right. Stay there, guys. Yep. And we'll see you here next week on the radio.